Smartcast. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in-store. So you can save when you order during band practice, or at the dog park, or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have special guest Lori Ann Spagna as our guest this evening. Lori Ann is a best-selling author, speaker, spiritual teacher, ascension guide, multi-dimensional channel, intuitive, animal communicator, energy healer, light worker, visionary, and luminary who assists others to awaken to their alignment with the true divine source, which exists in everyone, to live to our best potential. She's radically transformed her life after a series of near-death episodes and an induction-abduction experience while living in Maui. Lori is the best-selling author of several books, How Psychic Are You? Seven Simple Steps to Unlocking Your Psychic Potential, Learn Animal Communication, Animals in the Afterlife, Stop Feeding Me Junk, Superfoods for You and Your Pet, The Secret Energy of Money and the Spiritual Laws of Wealth, and her upcoming book, Two Years in Maui. For the past 20 years, Lori has transformed the lives of thousands of people and animals around the world through her channeled ascension guidance, intuition, sacred energy healing, and animal communication and telepathy. She offers seminars and workshops about how we can improve our lives by learning from animals and aligning with our true divine source, the fifth dimensional reality and beyond. She's become known as an international expert due to her recognition of the deep and intimate animal-human connection in terms of how animals mirror their human behavioral, physical, and emotional tendencies and for our focus on the interconnectedness of all beings. It's with great pride that I welcome Lori to the show. Welcome to the show, Lori. 
Well, Jason, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited about our, our connection this evening and about our conversation. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I just uh, did your introduction. And um, one of the things I find very intriguing about you is that you offer various different levels of, I would say, guidance to others, speaker, a spiritual teacher, a light worker. That's one of my favorite words, by the way, light worker. I love that term. <laughs> I feel there's a bunch of us out there that are like that. I wanted yeah. to ask you, how did you start your spiritual path and when? Well, I guess it depends on how you think of it in linear time. But how I started it officially was that uh, my brother died of an unexpected drug overdose. I, re- I started getting real messages from him that were impossible to ignore from the non-physical realm, like after his crossing. I became very clear through that connection that there was like something I had to pay attention to. And that's where it started. I was like really waking up through that connection. I was getting a big wake up call from my brother from the non-physical realm. So that started, that's where it really started in a sense, in terms of my, my path. Does that make sense? Absolutely. My condolences to you about your brother, by the way. I'm so sorry to hear about that. Well, thank you. But you know what? Let me say to you, when you get really, really awakened, really, this, I think this is true for everybody. And it happened so long ago. So there's no, there's no lingering sadness or grief. Like I have the visionary perspective. Like I really get it that his crossing was a major service to me in my evolutionary journey. And the fact that he crossed over has helped, I would say, the, not only the entire planet energetically, but all of the universe and all of the galaxies, like his transition had a ripple effect in our reality that has affected the whole of humanity in such magnificent ways. And I know that sounds like a lot, but when you understand how physics works, how energy works, and how consciousness works, we have the ability as lightworkers to affect the whole of our reality, the all of existence in beneficial and benevolent ways. And if it was not for his crossing, that would not have happened in, the, in my life trajectory. Or if it would have happened, it, it would have been linked to something else. But his crossing facilitated that. That's very, very inspiring. I know when someone crosses and you love them so deeply and they cross to the other side, sometimes they can serve as a uh, catalyst. And it sounds like he did yes. that for you. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Bio indicates that your life was transformed after a series of near-death experiences while you were living in Maui and that you had an abduction yeah. experience. I want to ask you yeah. about that. Okay. Well, I'll start with the near-death experiences because they're like two separate things, right? The near-death experiences, sure. they were not traditional in the sense that I was in a hospital and I died and, you know, paddles had to be put to my chest. It was what was happening was I was studying with really what I would call true masters who were teaching me a process that's known in the ancient, you know, the ancient teachings, the ancient mystery schools, even in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, how to transcend our physical experience of living by passing through what's in some books, the bardos or the non-physical realm, and to literally allow the physical body to die. And one of my teachers actually, I mean, this is documented, he, you know, woke up in a morgue banging on a freezer, you know, so he had real, real death, death, physical death experiences. But in any case, um, through those metaphysical processes, I was able to do that. So 
the the purpose of that on more than one occasion was to help me to understand. Like I understand from my soul's journey and my evolution how I was supposed to help others was that I needed to connect with that non-physical world to have experience of it so that I could bring it back into this physical reality that we live in and help people to understand more about it, to link the two. So I don't know if that addresses that fully. It's a lot deeper than that. But does that, so far, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I'm curious. I always like to learn about someone like yourself, how you started, and what led you, what factors led you to where you are now? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people in our audience that is just starting to experience their own spiritual path and they're just being called to do so. And I think having someone like you on our show discuss where you started and where you are now and what was those factors that contributed to that, I, I like to share those stories because I really do think a lot of people will find that very intriguing and relatable. Yeah. Well, it is. You're absolutely, I so agree with you. This is where I started. So simple. I knew nothing. I knew nothing. Beginner. I was a beginner's mind without even being a beginner. Like I just didn't know. But the one thing I had in my mantra was that I wanted to be of service. I really, really wanted to help the world be a better place. At that time, that was where I was coming from. And my core love was animals. So I wanted to be of service to animals. And I had a mantra. I want to be of service to animals on a global scale. I didn't understand what that meant. I really didn't know what I was asking for. I didn't understand what it meant to be global scale. I didn't know how I was going to help. Um, But that's what I wanted. And I would say it in my head over and over again. And the other thing was somewhere within me, I I was work, I grew up like out of college in corporate America, you know, on the hamster wheel. I was very miserable in corporate America. And I developed a lot of really unhealthy behaviors, smoking, drinking, coffee, pharmaceutical drugs to try to heal me, you know, take a pill, it'll all be okay, that whole belief system. (laughs) And yeah. none of it worked. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. I was, got myself into $150,000 of bad credit card debt, all that. So the, the other thing was that I wanted God to be my boss. I just, I wanted God, I didn't even know what that meant. I just wanted some higher power to lead me. That's what I wanted. That's where it started, right? I had that in my head. And then through the sincere desire to be of service to animals, what ended up happening was I became a dog trainer. Then as I was a dog trainer, I would hear the dogs in my head while I was working with them. And they would say to me, I wasn't even at that point an animal communicator yet, not officially, but I would hear them and they would say, if you listen to me, I will teach you. And I just got really good at getting quiet and listening to them. And the animals started to teach me. They would tell me things and they would say, you know, this is what we're doing here. This is how we're going to help you. This is what we need from humans. This is what will help you to help humans. And they would say things like, if you want to help animals, you need to help humans because we're here helping humans. That's where it all started. If you really want to be of service, if you really want to be, if you really want to get on a spiritual path, you have to align yourself, I think, with service. And you have to align yourself. And I think all of humanity has already done that. And then you have to align yourself with the willingness to, to really be a student, to be, you know. And then one other piece I'll say is you have to be willing to look at the shadow. And what that means is taking responsibility for whatever it is in your world, in your life. I'm saying you, but I mean all of us. 
that does not sit well with you, whatever it is that you think is wrong or unjust or unfair, whatever you judge, whatever you blame, whatever you criticize, whatever wrong, my, what I thought was wrong was the way animals were treated. What I thought was wrong was people who were lying to me or trying to control me. I, I had a lot of issues with authority figures. So I had to work through all that stuff. I mean, I still am. I'm not, you know, I'm still here working through my stuff. But that's We're the way to start. We're all in the process of becoming. <laughs> yes. And that is the way to start. When you ask me, you know, where do you start? I think that, to me, that's where you start. Being of service and being willing to take responsibility for whatever's wrong in your world and own it as if you created it. That's what I had to do. How did I create? What did I do? What is it that I'm seeing that's in me that I don't like? I, try, I, try, I think this is one of the best pieces of information or insight anyone can ever get, is that if you look at everything in your world as a reflection of who you are, everything that you see or perceive in another person, place, thing, experience, whatever it is, if you look within yourself, whatever it is you're rejecting in that person, place, thing, as an aspect of yourself that you're not okay with, that somehow you need to address to resolve it, that's going to take you <laughs> really far, really fast. <laughs> that's the shadow. I like right? that. I like that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, You know, one of the interesting things I've learned from doing my podcast the last six months I've had it was that there's so many individuals who have their intuitive gifts, and what they do is they will dedicate their gift in a certain direction based on their passion and so for example there's like I'm a psychic medium Uh, that's just what I have intrinsically within me what I really enjoy is when you take your passion and you take your gift and you dedicate it for example to animal communication or telepathy or helping people understand the grief associated with the loss of their loved one as a pet and helping them Mm -hmm. get through that and I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you because I've not done too much myself with animal communication. I want to ask you, when did you first learn that you had that gift and how did you develop it over time? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me say what, what I heard you say about taking your passion. You're absolutely right. Cause that's all of my gifts sprung from my passion to help animals. So whatever your passion is, what you follow that and you follow your joy, your love, your excitement about it, more and more doors open. I wasn't a spiritual person, really. I wasn't looking for spiritual truth. I just kept following love and service and my passion to help animals. So that ultimately was what united me, in a sense, with that, that divine source, because it ultimately does lead you to source. And all your gifts expand from that, whatever your gifts are. So with the animals... What happened was I was, you know, working in a high-kill shelter as a dog trainer. I got hired by a a guy who spent 20 years training service dogs for the United States government. And he brought us to a high-kill shelter to work with those animals, knowing that at best we could help them and at worst we could do no harm. So while I was working with them, I would hear them. That's where it started. And I would keep listening to them. And then when I started to know I was good, here's what happened. Like two years after that, or a year and a half after I started as a dog trainer, I moved to Maui. Um, At that time, my 
my husband, my relationship with my marriage was dissolving. He wasn't into any of this stuff. He couldn't relate to me. He couldn't relate to me starting to get happy or finding my path, right? He wanted me to stay sick in a way. He didn't know that, but that's what it was. So I moved to Maui, and while I was starting there as a dog trainer, I went to Craigslist, kind of, I think, just looking for work or jobs or I don't even know what. And there was a posting on Craigslist from a woman who was on another island. I was in Maui. She was in Oahu. And she was looking for an animal communicator to help her with a horse. So I wrote to her. I knew nothing about her. And I said, hey, you know, I think I'm an animal communicator. I'm not going to charge you anything. I'll try to help. I'll be of service. That's what it was. And I said, I can't make any promises. I don't know how good I am. I don't do it professionally. I'm, you know, a dog trainer. But if you want my help, I'll be happy to try my best. So she's got nothing to lose. So she's like, all right. And I say, send me a picture. Don't tell me anything. She sent me a picture of a baby calf, a horse, in the picture, just the head of the horse with the head of the mother in the picture. And I knew nothing else. And I started to connect with this calf. And I could hear this calf saying to me, go below the knee. And I didn't understand what that meant because all I had was a picture of the face. And I, then I kept hearing, like, I'm stumped, I'm stumped. And I thought that was me, Jason, thinking I'm stumped, you know. But what turns out is I write back to the woman and I'm like, look, I'm not really getting anything. All I keep getting is, like, go below the knee and I'm stumped. I don't know what that means, you know. And she writes back to me and she says, well, Lori, I think you're getting something because that's exactly right. Below the knee, we had to amputate because of an accident. Can you please wow. reconnect with this horse? See what else you can get. So I reconnect with the horse. This is really tough to finish the story. I reconnect with the horse, and I hear there's bad people around me, and they want to kill me. Tell them to go away. I want to live. And, oh, by the <laughs> way, can you tell them to give me some more carrots? <laughs> So I tell the woman that, and she writes back, and she's like, you're, you're exactly right. And that's exactly what we were looking for. We didn't know if we should euthanize this horse because of this accident, because this baby, below the, you know, we had to amputate. But now that you say that, we're going to get a prosthetic and keep the horse alive. We just didn't know what the horse wanted. You told us not to tell you anything, we didn't. So that's, that's when I knew. I was like, I just saved the horse's life. Wow. That's that powerful. was a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, Very and I helped the stranger, and I knew nothing. So that's when I knew I had something good. And then I started incorporating it as a service to my dog training clients, and I got better and better at it over time, and I developed it from there. Within two years, I stopped dog training. I just became an animal communicator after that. That's so interesting. Yeah. One of my questions I want to ask you, do you think that anybody in our audience, and there's a lot of animal lovers, I know that, do you think that if someone wanted to develop their ability to communicate with animals, that they could do so? And what would you yes. recommend to our audience to help them develop that ability? Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. First of all, we are all intuitive, and we can all communicate telepathically with any living being, including and especially an animal. Most animals will never say no to a telepathic exchange uh, they, some wild animals sometimes are not interested. <laughs> sometimes animals who have crossed over might say, you know, get better at it, come back to me. <laughs> but rarely, they almost always say yes. So we can all do it. And here's the thing. Factually speaking, 
factually, scientifically speaking, the tools that we use in our bodies to communicate telepathically, we all have. So, for example, we all have a master gland, two master glands in the center of our brain, which spiritualists call a third eye, but sight science calls a pineal gland and a pituitary gland. So those can be developed, opened, strengthened like a muscle. And you use those master glands in your brain to communicate telepathically. We all, every living being can also access what's called a theta brainwave, which is a frequency that we can use to exchange information. But you have to develop it. You have to learn how to open it and access it. But everyone has it. Everyone can do it. So most humans aren't using it. They're only using, you know, delta when they sleep as a brainwave or beta when they're active and alert, driving, learning, talking, et cetera. You have to learn how to develop your other brainwaves. But that's part of how animals communicate. And the third most important, even though there's others even beyond this, is your heart center. So most humans right now are not really, really engaging with the intelligence of our heart center, the magnetic intelligence of our heart center. We're learning how to develop that and access it. It is a muscle. It it gets built and strengthened, and we have to open that center and learn how to communicate through our heart. But we know factually the Institute of Heart Math has, has scientifically validated this, that we have brain matter in the heart. So we have to develop that brain matter. We have to use it. It's a different form of communication. But every human has it. And for sure, the animals are already using it. So we can all learn this. Everyone can do it. There's nobody who can't do it. And I also want to let the audience know that you actually have a book called Learn Animal Communication to Telepathy. Communicate with your pets and other animals. So that book will help embellish upon what you're telling us during our episode right now if people really want to find out more details about this. Yeah. And also, I mean, there's, there's a free class about it on my website. People can get a class, a free class if they, you know, join the community on learning animal communication telepathy. And they can also get a free class on healing with animals, learning about how to heal and exchange information through energy with animals. There's tons of great stuff over at the website as well. That's free. You know what, since you brought that up, normally I bring it up later in the episode, but since you brought it up now, can you give our audience your website just so they know which website to go to? Yeah, for sure. It's my name, which is Lori, L-O-R-I, Spagna, S-P-A-G-N-A.com, LoriSpagna.com. And they'll see all the free gifts Perfect. there. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at your site, and I was, I was very impressed with the different events, that you, the different aspects of offerings that you provide. For example, what is a star seed and light worker crystal experience? Oh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So one of the things I've really gotten into, so let me say, star seed has to do with, you asked me earlier about my abduction induction experience. While I was living in Maui, I had a real, I call it an induction experience because, you know, we call it, a, we call it abduction, but it was totally benevolent and loving. It was my star family. Now, that's what a star seed is. Many of us can relate to something similar to this where we're connecting. Different people have different experiences, but if you've had an experience where you're connecting with star beings, which we could call them extraterrestrials, but these are totally benevolent, loving beings 
who live in our galaxy and who reside on other planets within our galaxy, like the Pleiades or Sirius, for example. Uh, there are others, too. We don't have time necessarily to go into all of them. But those are star families. They're star family races. And star seeds are people who know ourselves as star beings who planted, seeded here, were born here, but planted here to help, help humanity through this very important evolutionary time where all of humanity is starting to wake up. Everyone is starting to wake up. So that's what a star seed is. Now, what I do is I lead journeys to Arkansas where we connect with the crystals in the inner earth because there's tons of them in the areas of Arkansas. And these crystals are planted by our star family races uh, where the crystals have incredible consciousness in them and they, they can help you to have information and energy and healing. We can learn from these crystals. They are living, intelligent things. They're just not living the way we understand. I mean, they're living like trees are living and intelligent, for example. So are animals, you're, right? You're speaking, you're speaking my language. I, I got into crystal healing and the, and the special qualities of crystals about two years ago when I took a trip out to Sedona, Arizona. And that uh-huh. made me very into crystals themselves. My favorite being rose quartz, amethyst. Yeah. But I have a whole slew of crystals. So when you're talking about crystals right now, I completely can relate to what you're describing. But go ahead. I didn't interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. See, Jason, you're, I mean, to me, you're a seed. I mean, I don't know if that word resonates with you, but even as I listen to you, sure. you're, you're definitely, it. yeah, you're in the indigo family races. We call those the indigo family races, the indigo tribes who are beings you're either, you know, you identify with, I mean, crystals will always call to you. There's a whole storyline of indigos and the different terminologies of those of us who are in those tribes, right? But we, we're reuniting at this time. We're all waking up, and the crystals are a huge part of how they help us to awaken. And, yeah, that's why I lead this journey to Arkansas for people to remember. And it's a reunion. We come together and we reconnect and we awaken what's dormant in us. It's dormant. It's within us. It's just waiting for us to call it forward and awaken. And it's wonderful. It's so exciting and fun and, yeah, very, very uplifting and inspiring, you know. I like that you incorporate crystals into your, into your stuff. I think that's great. I really do. What's your understanding of Lightworker? My understanding of Lightworker is, well, Lightworker is somebody who's spiritual that helps, I guess, we, I, I would call myself one, obviously you as well, other people. Who, who try to bring light into the world is a simplified definition of it. I want to ask you, what is your personal viewpoint on what a light worker is? Yeah, well, I completely agree with what you what you just said. I tend to, I can, I sort of delineate it even a little further because um, I think it's exactly what you said, and I tend to see us in sort of number one, light workers have a clear mission and purpose, and that is to A, expand consciousness or bring more light and consciousness into our human reality. And number two, typically our intention and desire is to alleviate suffering wherever or however we're able to do that. So those two things, I think, go hand in hand. That's typically what light workers do. And we're doing it with conscious, with conscious intention. Um, you know, that's our intention, to alleviate suffering, to expand consciousness. But there's another kind of light worker 
you know, that's like an everyday person, you know, opening the door for people, you know, being kind, being of service, being benevolent. We might not, those people, you know, we might not necessarily always be thinking, you know, I'm alleviating suffering on the planet, <laughs> I'm expanding consciousness, but they're being of service. They're offering whatever way they can to lighten the load on planet Earth. And, and that's a light work. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I like about your information, I want to share this with our audience, is that you also have a book called Animals in the Afterlife. I've had mm-hmm. some very close friends of mine suffer the loss of their loved ones in the form of pets very recently. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you, based on your work in this area with animal communication, understanding animals intuitively, people ask me all the time, where do animals go after they pass? And my answer to them mm-hmm. is, I believe they go where everyone else goes. I think we all go to the other side. It's another realm. And we're all together. That's at least my reading of things from my mediumship work that I've done over the years. I wanted to ask you what your opinion was on that. Yeah. Well, first, I agree with you. There's no place that uh, animals go to that's separate from where humans go to. Uh, it's not a physical place so much as it is a non-physical, yes, realm. I call it the fourth dimension, and then they pass through that beyond to higher, lighter dimensions. But when I use that terminology, higher, lighter, is just a relative, a word to relatively understand because the truth is they're here with us right now. There's nowhere they're not, just like we're there. All things are always sort of accessible at any moment in time and space. So they cross over into a non-physical world, so they drop their physical body from the physical world that we live in, which I refer to as a third-dimensional reality based on physicality. And then they immediately go into this fourth-dimensional reality, which is a non-physical world, where they, as a unique individual being and soul, continues to exist, just like that's what happens to us when we cross over. And then we pass through that realm sort of like a grand central station in a way. How long do you hang out in an airport or Grand Central Station? You're, you're kind of moving on to another destination, but you stay there for a while. You might review what's going on. You might take a look. You might check things out. You might, you know, and then you move on. And when you move on, you still can access and connect with people, your loved ones who are in the physical world. You can never, you never have to forever say goodbye. It's just now you're non-physical. So that's, that's a great answer. They do, just like what we do. Yeah. Well, and I believe everything has a spirit. Animals have spirits yes. just like we do. Just, I mean, when you see the personality of, I have two birds. I have an African gray and a conure, so I'm a bird person. Even mm-hmm. birds, even parrots, they have personalities. They have feelings. You can yes. tell. Nope. Yes. And any animal, dogs, cats, whatever animal you're talking about, I feel like all the animals of nature in our world have, just like we do, a soul. And I feel like having the capacity to understand that would be a big piece to the equation of helping animals live better in our world and not, you know, helping them, saving them from abusive situations, all those kind of things. I just, I think it's, it's yeah. a very important facet of, facet of our society that really does need more nourishing and more development. So I, I love that you yeah. have this as a, as a, subspecialty to what you've devoted your your time to. I think it's great. 
Yeah. Well, let me also say one thing that a lot of people don't always realize is that every animal on the planet, no matter if they're an animal companion or living in the wild, no matter what species they are, they are always uh, acting from one of one, two, or three different capacities. The first is that they are always healing the planet, always. They may be healing the human that they live with if they're a companion, or they may be healing an area of the planet. So, for example, whales and dolphins heal the waters, and animal companions tend to heal their humans. Um, different animals in different geographical areas may be healing those areas. So that's one capacity. The second capacity is they're always teaching. Now, we may not know it. We may not get the message, but they are always teaching. So an animal companion might be demonstrating a behavior that the human has to learn. Or they might be demonstrating a behavior that the human has to resolve. So, for example, if an animal companion is aggressive, the human in the family might have overt or submissive aggressive nature. They might be passive aggressive or they might be overly fearful. The animal might be teaching them about aggression, how to work through it or how to deal with their fear. Or they might be just demonstrating, hey, this is your fear. The animal could be highly anxious, for example. So there's always a teaching interaction in animals. If it's a wild animal, they might be teaching something else, right? For example, lions teach humans how to have good pride how to have a good pride, how to take care of your pride. Wolves teach how to take care of your pack, how to be a good leader. These are good examples. So teaching and healing, animals are always doing those. And the third thing they're always doing, just like we are, is they're having an experience. But they, they're a soul in bodies having an experience just like we are. And they're learning, growing, and evolving in their own way just like we are. So those, those, are, those are always the case with animals. I want to ask you, based on your background, anytime someone loses their loved one as a pet, you have um, animals in the afterlife surviving pet loss and turning grief into a gift. And I wanted to see yeah. if you could share with our audience what you mean by that title. For someone who's grieving their pet that's passed, how can you turn that into a gift? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a really good question. So first, one of the big things for us to understand, if we're animal lovers, we know it. Anyone who's lost their animal knows this already, and that's that love is love. And it's not limited to the body that we share that love with. So in other words, when your dog or your cat or your bird crosses over, your love for them can be just as strong as the love you have with a human being. So the grief of the loss is just as great. And the way to take that grief, number one, is to acknowledge, number one, how deep that love is. Because if you have someone around you saying, oh, get over it, it's just an animal, that is painful too. That just adds to the pain. So it's very important to put ourselves, when that happens, near others who can understand, either a grief support group or, yes, an animal communicator or a healer, someone who really can understand your grief in a way that someone who can't understand it won't dismiss it. You know what I mean? That's first. 
But, but the real thing is to start to understand that that animal had a sacred contract in your life to somehow teach you and likely heal you. And through that sacred contract, though there's multiple contracts involved there to help you learn and heal in your journey, their crossing is meant to help you through that. And chances are, if they crossed over, they might have healed you of something that you're meant to heal and resolve. They might have taken on whatever they could to help you with that. And they might have helped you to learn something. They most likely did both. And so if you can receive the gifts, this is part of what a really good animal communicator and or healer can help you with. If you can receive those gifts of what that was, what those contracts were with those animals or that animal, what happens is in the, in the, the gifts replace the grief. And you start to be able to celebrate that animal. You start to realize this animal had a divine mission, a purpose to help you, the human, evolve and grow and become something so much greater. And that that animal, this is what all the animals say, whenever I connect, I've connected with so many animals who have crossed over, that what they want for their human is that the human can celebrate them. Like, oh, my God, I get the gifts of what you came here to give me. And you start to shift your grief in this realizing. You're like, oh, my God, this is so incredible. I can celebrate my animal companion. I can be in so much gratitude for what they gave me, how they helped me. And through this celebration, what happens is that animal is glorified in the non-physical world. And then what happens is in the non-physical world, all these angels, like it's like they trumpet them. They're like celebrating them. They're like, you really helped your human. Bravo, your human got it. Your human has grown and evolved and transformed from your service, animal companion. Yay, you know, it's like the most celebrated thing because now the animal has been of service in such wonderful, like magnanimous ways. And this is just so big, right? But we don't see it when we're going through the grief. Of course we don't. We can't. But when we transform the grief through the learning and evolution, and with the help of a qualified healer, communicator, translator, this becomes revealed. And it really, it transforms the experience so much, takes the pain and the grief away. It's not an overnight process. It's not a pill, but it is there. It's available to us. And it's really amazing. I hope, I hope that helps. I really do. I love that answer. And I like the way that you've incorporated it because anyone who suffers the, the loss and the deep grief, having the opportunity of thinking about why their loved one as an animal came into their life and what they learned from that, I think that could be very inspiring and it could really help people to get beyond the instant dealing with and, and maybe move into a different frame of mind that can help them yeah. really appreciate the experience of having that companion animal with them and knowing that yeah. the animal's still there. Yes. Absolutely. Form. Yeah. And you know, I would love, can I add one other thing? Is there, is there right? Of course. Go ahead. Absolutely. So, all right. So we humans in our human reality, we are, I'm going to use the word programmed. Like it's in our unconscious to really, uh, perceive death in a certain way. We attach what I call like death programs to pain and suffering and we perceive it 
in this very, you know, painful loss, grief. And I'm not saying that's not real. It is real. Because, of course, I mean, I've gone through it. I lost my, my dog, Kenya. It was the most painful experience of my life. And also, yeah, my brother. But the thing is, is that when we start to work with our own unconscious, this is what I do with more as a healer, we can change the programs and clear the programs and resolve them so that we align more fully with source, the divine source, creator. And when we align more fully with that, it doesn't mean we don't miss the animal or the loved one when they cross, but it means we have a new higher perspective that's not so painful, that allows us to transcend the loss and the grief in a way that's more evolved, free from the pain and the suffering, and instead more a higher perspective that's, that's, that's free of that pain and suffering. This is what I mean as a light worker. We can, we can experience the loss without all the pain and still feel so connected to our loved one. I would say I'm, I was more connected and closer to my brother after he crossed than I was before he, before he did, when he was still alive in body. So I hope that adds some more, also some more additional insight to that. I do like the insight of that. I think everybody has someone that they've lost, either animal or loved one, relative, like your brother. And I think having the ability of appreciating that aspect of it and the insight is very um, enlightening for people, I think. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that does make, uh, makes a lot of sense. I want to ask yeah. you, not to shift topics a little bit, but I want to ask you about what you consider the power of conscious intention and how that can play into your goals of, trying to manifest uh, a better reality for yourself. And I know you wrote about yeah. that topic and I wanted to have you share that with our audience. I love that. Yes, I love that. Thanks for asking. Well, first of all, understand, you see, the field of consciousness, which is non-physical, we, it's physical in a sense, but it's, it's non-physical. We don't necessarily see quantum uh, subatomic particles moving around, <laughs> Right. So it's, it's a non-physical realm of quantum subatomic particles. Now, that field will always be responding to us. And when we use the words of I intend, I, I like the words I choose, desire, and intend. The field will completely conform to you. Now, you have to own it. You have to really own it. So the way I do it is I state it out loud. I choose desire and intend for my dog. I name her, in this case, is Kiko is my dog right now, to live as long, strong, happy, and healthy as she possibly can. For as long, strong, happy, and healthy as she possibly can. Now, when I state that out, out loud every day, the field of quantum physics, the quantum field is responding to my intention. When I go through the grocery store, I walk through the grocery store, and every time I walk through, I say, I choose, desire, and intend that there are organic, non-genetically modified, non-GMO foods available all the time, the highest and best quality, organic, all-natural, non-genetically modified foods. I state it every time I walk through the, through the, field, through, through the grocery store. Now, the, the field of non-physical matter is addressing that and conforming to it. Now, a lot of people might think that's woo-woo, but in quantum physics, it's real absolutely real and when you start applying that in all areas of your life by using those words i intend 
the field is conforming. Understand that there are also universal laws. These universal laws are real, whether we know them or not, whether we believe in them or not, is irrelevant. So there's a law of intent, consent, and authority. It's also known as the law of free will. And there's other laws as well. But when you work with that, the law of intent, consent, and authority is immediately acknowledging, ah, this is this person's choice, desire, and intention. Therefore, I must conform. So, for example, when, I, when it's election time, I vote. I choose desire and intent that the candidate who absolutely is willing and able to serve the greater good of all of humanity, whoever that person is, that's the one who's elected. Now, I know the quantum physics is paying attention. I know that the universal law of intent, consent, and authority must honor my free will choice and intention. Therefore, my vote is counted. So every person has this ability. The laws will never not pay attention to your vote. The laws will always conform. When you use the word intention, I intend this, you're using your power. There's only... A couple of times, you can't, you can't intend for another person. But my dog, I can, because, because she's my dog. She has made, entered into a sacred contract with me that she is allowing it, right? A child under the age of 17, you can do it for them, only if it's for their highest and best, never to harm them, only for their highest and best. Therefore, we have so much power within us to create the world that we want. And if we understand that this one basic law, law of intent, consent, and authority, and the quantum subatomic particles will always conform to our intention as long as we are not breaking another law, for example, trying to control someone else. You can't say, I intend to marry Robert Redford. That's, that's a breaking <laughs> the law because now sure. I'm trying to control someone else's life. That doesn't work. You can't, you can't break someone else's free will or interfere with their life, except a dog who's your animal, a cat is any animal, who's your animal because you have a contract with them, or a child who is your child under the age of 17 because you have a contract with them to be their legal guardian and only what's for their highest and best. So I know that's a very elaborate answer, but I hope that's helpful. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. No, I definitely, I agree with that. I think manifest, manifesting the proper intention and understanding how the rules work in terms of being able to provide that, um, incorporate that, I should say, into your daily living from getting organic food readily available at a grocery store to aligning your goals. I can see that being a very yes. powerful thing. I've, I just had a guest on uh, recently who talked about how consciousness itself is separate from our physical bodies and that it's separate from the brain. And it's a larger, it, it kind of ties into what you said on your site as well about the interconnectedness of everything and everyone. And I believe in that as well. I believe that everything that you with animals or myself as a medium, all of us can tap into that collective consciousness of the universe. And um, yeah. I believe a subfacet of that is the power of intention and being able to provide, I guess, guidance for yourself and your path, being a clear intention that gives you that clarity. And so yes. what you're giving examples of, I guess, falls right within that, in my opinion. Yeah. So I can totally yes. understand that. The only thing I would say, I would say just for my own 
to make a point is I don't believe it's separate from us. I believe we okay. are at one we are at one with it. It is within us and it is around us. And it's up to us to recognize our oneness with it, to unite with it. Because we are evolving as a human society out of I guess this is a very advanced concept, but you know, for people who are listening, they, they will be able to sort of vibe into it. They will be able to get it. It's, we're evolving out of believing we're separate from everyone and everything and that out that that even quanta is separate from us or outside of us it's not it's within us and around us and we are all connected to it and it's connecting in through and around everyone and everything there's nowhere that it's not i love what you're describing i'm just going to use a simplified uh analogy or example for anyone who's a star wars fan the force when i I grew up on star wars so any of yeah, us who talks awesome. about the force, may the force be with you. And, and it's the same yeah. type of dynamic, at least in understanding how what you're describing, our audience, those who, who've watched the Star Wars movies and are fans can understand what you're describing on a different basis, you know, but uh, it, it's yeah. definitely exactly the same idea or concept. Yes. And I mean, I grew up on Star Trek. If you ever okay. watched Star Trek, I was like a Star Trek yeah. junkie. And you know, Gene Roddenberry, all of this stuff, it's all real. And he, the guy who wrote, you know, Star Trek, and he, all that information was channeled to him. Channeled. So, anyway, I, same concept. It's prophetic, isn't it? I, Amazing that they yes. have hand communicators, now we have cell phones and yeah, everything exactly. else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. From, from 60 years ago. <laughs> yes. But, um, well, that, 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 that's why I always used to wonder back then why people thought Gene Roddenberry was such a genius. And now I get it. Now I get it. And I understand why I was so into that. I mean, I didn't even know why I was into it. And why did they say he was such a genius? I was into it, but I still didn't get why they thought he was such a genius. Now I get it. And it's the same thing. Even if you look at so much of our popular culture, like everything in Dis- Walt Disney, Walt Disney was totally connected to this. I'm not saying, you know, I'm the hugest Disney fan because there's a lot of shadow stuff in there. I won't go down that road for now. But this guy had access to information from the non-physical world, and he brought it into motion pictures and everyday culture. I mean, Atlantis is a real place. You know, when you connect with the crystals, you learn all about Atlantis from them. That's that's a real place that has existed in another dimension of time and space. And that stuff sounds like sci-fi, but it's not. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> and and that's, that's what's so out there. Is that when you start connecting with these other realms, you start realizing all this stuff is real. It's not fantasy. Definitely. And it just requ- it does really require us to really go beyond everything we've believed and perceived up until now, because we've been living in this very small-minded kind of reality. We, we have all been like that, all of humanity, where we just believed everything was limited to our physical world, and we believed we were separate from everything. That's exactly what we're saying. Once we start to unite, open our minds, open our hearts, be willing to expand beyond all of our current limited perspectives, we're expanding into these other realms of consciousness, and we're like, wow, this stuff is real. We didn't even know it existed. So, anyway. I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I think we're in a renaissance right now. Um, I usually repeat this theme in my different episodes, but I think we're in a renaissance when it comes to understanding all this type of stuff. I think that society yeah. is becoming more enlightened by it, and you can just tell by the increased interest of it. And the Internet, obviously, all the connectedness with social yeah. media. Anyone interested in these type of things can band together and develop a greater association due to where we are right now. And I think that's just yeah. a hotbed for some phenomenal um, growth for the human race and understanding yeah. things such as energy healing, meditation, communicating with animals, understanding grief and how life exists after death or near death experiences, all those concepts, crystal healing, all that stuff out there. And it's ready to be served on a plate to anyone who's hungry for it. And I, I think that that definitely is a very exciting time for us where we are. Yeah, you know, if, absolutely. If we, were just, if we were just 20 or 30 years in the past, you'd have a lot harder time having a, 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 a mouthpiece and being able to express yeah. these ideas. So I think that's a, a phenomenal part of where we are right now. Yes, absolutely. It is, it, it, we're so in a renaissance. I love that word. And I, we are all waking up. And um, for some people, I call this sort of like we're waking up in waves, you know. So some people are just kind of waking up earlier. And those are the ones who typically are identifying themselves as star seeds and light workers, way showers. They tend to be healers or we tend to be healers, intuitives. You know, sometimes we might use the word psychic, um, animal communicators for sure. You know, there's a lot of astrologers, you know, astrologists, whatever the right word is there. You know, working in these esoteric realms, studying ancient mysteries and bringing pieces together. And then you have a next wave of people who are just starting to come online now who are starting to say, wow, everybody else is doing it. I mean, this is this normal person on YouTube doing it. Wow, this, this person's pretty normal. They're not so crazy out there. And they're doing it and they're connecting. And they're, yeah, that sounds really rational. And yeah, actually, science does validate this, right? So those, that second wave of people are now starting to wake up. And I, I think we can all, you know, if you're into astrology, you can see it in the stars. 2020 is going to be a major activator for people. But this is all coming about because for 20 years, since the 60s, people started to wake up. People were waking up in the 60s. And, um, you know, that was what that whole, you know, free movement was. And we started to see lightworkers coming online and, Initially, they tried to kill a lot of them, like John Lennon, you know, Gandhi. But really, you can't stop it anymore now. You're right. With the Internet, it is a renaissance. It is a birthing of humanity, and it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. And it's, you know, everyone's going to be waking up. By 2020, the next year is going to be so profoundly, exponentially growth-oriented for humanity. And then 2020 is going to be a major rebirth of consciousness. So it's it's all beautiful. It's all awesome. You know, we're all waking up. <laughs> Exciting. Like flowers, flowers blooming in spring. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Where we are right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, so one of the things you were, oh, go ahead. oh, sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say one of the things that's really helpful to people to understand, and we said this earlier, is that it really is dormant within us. It's, it's actually written into our DNA. That's one of the things I do. I do DNA activations for people and animals, which is really an energetic awakening for that 
energy that's lying dormant in your own DNA. It's the good stuff. It's not the stuff that you clear out the old programs of your DNA that's kind of like dictating your future in a not so, in a fear-based way or in a way that might create aging, sickness, illness, disease, etc. You clear all that out. That's really easy to clear out. Programs, like a computer program, like a virus on a computer. And then you reawaken what's in the DNA that's waiting for you. That's your greatest gift. Everyone's an intuitive. Everyone's a healer. Everyone's an animal communicator. Everyone can connect with beings who have crossed over. We're all learning, and it's coded into our DNA. Yeah. Let me ask you about your upcoming book, Two Years in Maui, because I saw that that's coming out in the future. I want to see if you could share mm-hmm. a little bit about that with our audience. Oh, my goodness. I've been working on that for quite a while. I'm still working on it. It's like my my dream project, you know. Um, it's really a little bit about the story, a little bit you heard tonight, but it's about, you know, the transformational process that I went through and, yes, the the abduction, induction, the near-death experiences, and especially what happened with my dog, Kenya, who she was like my teacher. You know, she really helped me to wake up. And my brother's crossing. It's that whole story. And, um, you know, what happened while I was in Maui during those two years. So, yeah, I'm still working on it. It's not out yet, but my publisher asked me to start announcing it and taking a while. But I'm, it's a passion project of mine. So, yeah, still working on it. That's great. That's great. Yeah. We're actually, if you could believe this, we just almost spent about an hour <laughs> going over this. Yeah, it how fast it goes. It goes fast yeah, and you really enjoy what you're talking about in the topic area. Yeah. I want to ask you a couple of things. If anyone wants to find you, I know we have your website. Are you, you have a presence on social media? Is there anything that you would direct people to? Uh, if it's Facebook yeah. or Instagram or any other sites, who, what would you, well, uh, big, where would you direct the people? The big thing is YouTube because I have tons of really great videos on YouTube, things with animal communication. And there's a whole class on animals in the afterlife. There's stuff on, um, you know, manifestation. There's tons of stuff on abundance, prosperity, money. There's, there's a brand new, I just uploaded a DNA activation on there. It's a two, it's a four minute video and you can get, your DNA activated. You can, I mean, you don't do it just once, but you will feel the energy. There's tons of stuff on energy healing. So you, you just go to YouTube and search my name, Lori Spagna. And then, of course, yeah, I'm on Facebook. People can friend me on Facebook. And, yes, my website, lorispagna.com, where people can join the community. They can get tons of fabulous free classes on, well, not tons, but a few fabulous free gifts on learning animal communication, developing your psychic intuitive gifts, working with energy and energy healing. There's a class there about the DNA and how to activate your DNA, what that's all about. And then there's another class on developing, learning about yourself as a star seed and light worker and way shower. Plus there's all my workshops. And yeah, there's an upcoming class on animal communication that I'm doing that's starting um, in the new year. Well, it's an ongoing class, but it's restarting in the new year. So tons of stuff over there. Is that online yeah, that's an online course. Well, it's a whole, it's a level one course. You study at home, like online, level two, and then there's the practicum that we'll be doing live. And we'll be working live, learning animal communication and telepathy through the practicum together, as well as um, assignments where you go out and you do volunteer projects and you develop your gifts with, you know, with guided supervision, support from me. So, yeah. That's great. Lori, yeah, I can't exciting. even begin to thank you for coming on. I've really enjoyed our episode, and I think 
what you're doing is just really reaching and touching a lot of people, helping us become better acquainted with our animal friends and everything else you're doing as a healer and as a teacher and a guide, I think is, is phenomenal. I really wish you the greatest success with everything that you're doing. When your next book comes out, think of us. I'd love to have you on the show to uh, discuss it and feature it. And um, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on to, you know, come on to our show. Oh, Jason, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I have also really enjoyed it. I love, love, love to share this kind of stuff. So I'm very grateful to you, and I thank you so much for having me as a guest and for allowing me to (laughs) share and contribute. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a a great day. Okay. All right. You too. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye. I just want to let our audience know that Lori Espana's website has a lot of information. I'm absolutely going to check out her YouTube channel. Animal communication has actually been a very intriguing area for me. I've never really been very well acquainted with it. I would love to learn more about it. I just think animals have a lot to teach us about our, our place in this world and Mother Earth and where we are to one another. So when you have someone that's a specialist on here, come on, like Lori, who's willing to share her information with all of us, and describe from her own perspective everything that ties into this stuff. As I said earlier, one of the things I've learned is that different people have passions that they they love to do, and they explore these different sub-facets of the animal communication or mediumship or energy healing, whatever it is. We all have a path that we take, and we work with one another to make this world hopefully a better place. And I really enjoy showcasing individuals like Lori on our show. I hope each of you have a great evening. And if there's any questions that you have regarding our show or regarding any of our programming, please do not hesitate to contact me directly. Info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. You can always check out our social media. I uh, really appreciate you tuning into this episode and supporting our podcast. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook. And don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. 
But I like airplane. I know you do. But WannaBet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric acid.